maybe you can be seated for just a moment. I, I, I don't know what God wants us to do for the moment. Maybe I won't preach completely, but maybe I'll at least leave you with what I've dwelt on and left on. The Bible says in Exodus chapter six, uh, 17, Exodus chapter 17, all the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages. According to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim, there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why are you quarreling with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord and said, What should I do with this people? They're ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel. Take with you in your hand the staff which you struck the Nile and go. And behold, I will stand before you on the rock at Horeb. And you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it. And the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel. Because they tested the Lord. Won't you listen to this? They said, Is the Lord among us or not? This morning as I sat looking over it again, I realized that they had only been three months or less from the, the parting of the Red Sea. Three months or less from the parting of the Red Sea. They were, uh, I don't really know exactly how long the ten plagues took. I don't know if that was ten days or, or how it all works out, but they weren't that very far. If you even go back a little bit, you can go back to the last part of Exodus chapter 15, and it says they sat out, or they set out from the Red Sea, they went into the wilderness of Shur, they went three days in the wilderness. Now, maybe another, someone who, who has not more knowledge than I am could, could help me understand it, but the way I read that Bible is when they left the Red Sea, they, they walked across the Red Sea. Three days later, they didn't find any water, and they start grumbling, and they start complaining. And I remembered, and I, I'm well aware it's Thanksgiving, and now Thanksgiving is over, and Christmas season has got full run to do whatever it wants to do. But humans, we have short memories. Short memories. And I, I'm, I'm not going to preach the whole message, but I, I want you just to understand this, that they were saying, God, are you really here? And I kind of think God standing in heaven with this exasperated look on his face, like, seriously? I heard you in, in Egypt, and I brought you a Savior. I did ten plagues, and most of those plagues never touched your land. And I brought you out. And when you left Egypt, they were throwing stuff in your carts. I mean, as you passed by, your neighbors were throwing all of their jewelry and all of their money and all of their wealth into your carts so that you literally took the wealth of Egypt with you. And I brought you to a Red Sea and you freaked out that I wasn't going to take care of you at the Red Sea. And you were losing your ever-loving minds. And I had to put an angel or even himself behind you just to give you a moment to catch your breath. And then I parted the waters. And you walked on dry land. 
Water that had been under the Red Sea for how many eons and how long? Water that was saturated. Water that was clay. If you've ever walked on the bottom of a pond or a lake, you know it's A, not dry, and it's nasty, and it's sloppy, and it's muddy, and it's clayey, and it feels like quicksand. But when God opened the waters, it became a highway for hundreds of thousands and potentially millions of people to walk through And then as soon as they got on the other side and Pharaoh's army began to follow them, God just flicks his hand, if you will, and all of those waters cascade back and kill the entire army of Pharaoh. And then you're worried about something to drink. Are you here? I would like to just tell somebody today, because I understand it, I'm just as human as you are. And my memory is just as short as your memory. And we get to those places in life where the, 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 there's no water and we're thirsty and circumstances rears their head and we don't know what to do and we forget the mercies of God and we forget the grace of God and we fixate only on our situation. And so if I preach to you today and step on your toe, know this morning early God stepped on my toe. But it is that God is sitting there when we're saying, are you here in the midst of my storm? Are you here in the midst of my desert? Are you here in the midst of my circumstance? Are you among us? I would tell you, God is here today and he's here to say, I am absolutely there. I have never left you. I've never forsaken you. I've never even turned my back on you. I haven't even blinked once. I'm here right now. You ever played peekaboo with a baby? Now, it's funny when they laugh. It's psychotically funny when you put something in front of their face and the baby freaks out because in its, in its undeveloped mind, if it can't see you, you've disappeared. You ever, y'all know what I'm talking about? Or if you put your in front of your face the baby begins to cry because it no longer can see you and its faith isn't yet built up to know you're not going to leave him and if you're psychotic like me you tend to scar your kids a lot because it's funny kid may not think it's funny but that's how we are with God the moment we don't see him we freak out But that's why the Bible says we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. When you don't see God, doesn't mean he's disappeared. In fact, I believe it was in Daniel that he said, I know you've been praying and it seems like I haven't been answering, but let me just tell you what I've been doing. I marched to the enemy's camp and I had to take care of some things that were bigger than you could ever imagine and I made sure that that got put in its place and and then I marched back. So the moment you pray and don't hear that answer, don't think God's rejected you or left you. He might be putting it all into place. Are you with us? I could show you, and this is where I don't have time to go through it all, but I could show you places in the Bible like when, 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 when Noah built the ark and he was in the ark probably for over a hundred days of stormy rain and then the Bible says, but God remembered Noah. I can assure you 
that Noah probably thought a few times, has God forgotten me in this ark? I might be safe from the storm, but I'm going to lose my mind or I'm going to die of starvation because eventually the food's going to run out. God, are you with me? I could take you to the book of Genesis and show you Rachel when she was so desperate for God to give her a child, but the, the Leah was having children left and right, and the Bible says, and God remembered Rachel, and she conceived. I could show you in Exodus 2 where God looked at Israel and they were in bondage and I'm sure they thought God had rejected them. But the Bible says, and God remembered them and their groanings. Or I could take you to 1 Samuel chapter 1 where Hannah desperately again desiring a child and didn't know. And the Bible says, and God remembered Hannah. She bore a child. If you have your Bibles, let me just give you some Bible verses to back this up. We'll do it real quick. Look at verse uh, uh, Psalm 78 and verse 38 is going to be where I kind of uh, uh, focus on 38 and 39. And, and I would invite you to go look at all of it. Go, go just read the whole uh, uh, chapter. But in Psalm 78 verse 38, when God, yet he, that's God, he being compassionate, Atone for their iniquity, did not restore them, restrained their anger, his anger often, and didn't stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. That's the God. He remembers us. He knows our weakness. He understands what we're going through. It's Psalms 98 and verse 1 through 3 that says, I'm going to sing to the Lord a new song. He's done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm work salvation. The Lord has made known his salvation and has revealed his righteousness. But look at verse 3. He's remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. There were times that Israel would have thought God had just left them to die but God never forgets I could take you to Psalms 105 verse 39 uh, and 42 but it says this he spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night they asked and he brought quail he gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river. And he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. God had promised Abraham, your seed is going to be like the sands on the seashore. And that promise God made to Abraham, he can't break it because God doesn't fail on his promises. So he's not going to let him die in the wilderness. He's not going to let him starve to death. He's not going to let them go hungry. Psalms 115, verse 9. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He's your help and your shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He's your help and he is your shield. He's the one, if you fear the Lord and trust in the Lord, he's your help and he's your shield. The Lord has remembered us and he will bless us. In Psalms 136, says it this way. I'm just showing you a few places where it says God hasn't forgotten us. Psalms 136 and verse 23. First off, the beginning of that, it says his mercy endureth forever. Or if you have like an English standard version, it will says his steadfast love endures forever. But verse 23 of Psalms 136, it's he who remembered us in our lowest state. For his mercy endures forever. And he rescued us from our foes. His mercy endures forever. And he gives food to all the flesh. 
His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven for His mercy endures forever. If you're here today and you're in a dark spot, if you're here today and you've kind of lost sight of Him and you feel like the children of Israel and you're saying, are you really here? Are you really among us? I'm going to tell you how you can get back to that place. I look back through my my sermons. I, I do it occasionally. And I don't remember what year it was. But it's, it's this sermon right here. And I preached it the Sunday after a Thanksgiving. Because the easiest way for you to get back to that place is to do what the psalmist said in Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, and forget not his benefits. That's the key. I've I've made my wife mad before, like one time in my whole life. But moms, have you ever had this moment? Where you have slaved over the world's greatest breakfast. And your kids are hip deep into a stack of pancakes and waffles and eggs and bacon. And they haven't even finished breakfast. And here's what they're saying. What you going to do for lunch? Moms, anybody know that? Maybe dads, you do breakfast. Y'all been there? Maybe it's just me. But that's how we are. We haven't even got through the last blessing of the Lord. And we're already freaking out about the next blessing. When's it going to come? I want to challenge you to quit focusing on the situation and quit focusing on the problem and quit focusing on the anxiety and say, forget not his benefits. There have been far too many times in my life when I could begin to focus on the bad, but instead I back up and I say, Lord, I remember last year you brought me through something just like this, and I remember your benefits. I I remember the one that forgives you of all your iniquity and heals you of all your diseases and redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with steadfast love and mercy and satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's today my challenge if you would stand with me my challenge to you right now is when you get overwhelmed when it seems as if he's nowhere to be found when it seems as if life is going to just swallow you up and spit you out why don't you just get in front of a mirror and read or quote Psalms 103 bless the Lord oh my soul And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I will not forget his benefits. Because what I found is when you start blessing, it's really hard to worry. When you start worshiping, it's really hard to focus on the problem. And I hear the voice of the one who helped Paul pen Philippians 1 and 6. He who's begun a good work in you. I'll just tell you what Buford's version says. He who has begun a good work in you won't leave you hanging. 
The greatest miracle in your life is not the money he gave you when you didn't know how you were going to pay your bills. The greatest miracle in your life was not when he healed you of some disease that was going to take your life. The greatest miracle of your life is when he filled you with his spirit and made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. And if he has the power to do that, then I would tell you right now, he's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to bring the children of Israel out into the wilderness and then let them become a carcass of old, dead, dry, desiccated bones. But he knows you. He knows you, your thoughts. He knows what you're worried about. He knows what you are. And he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to finish it. Hebrews 13.5 quotes from Joshua 1.15, but he says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Just because you don't see him working doesn't mean he's left you alone. Come on, I, I know it's a different vibe, for lack of a better word. I know it's a different moment than it was earlier, but I'm reaching for maybe a different group of people. Some of y'all that found it hard to, to truly let go because you are just so consumed with things that life is thrown at you. Are you here? Are you with me? Have you left me? Am I walking this by myself? I've shown you through the word of God. He's not. He's not. In fact, I, I, will, I will say, just to, just to be completely biblical, there is only one place, and I didn't write it down, but I, I have it in my Bible underlined. There's only one place, I believe it's in Jeremiah that I was reading this morning. There's only one way he'll ever leave you. The Bible says if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. Fair enough. But I would like to tell you today that I don't believe you came to Sunday because you forsook the Lord. I think you came to church because you love the Lord. Your faith may be weak. Your faith may be shaken. But I want you just to lift your hands right now. I don't know what song. I've thrown y'all for a good loop today, praise team. Y'all have done amazing. I, whatever y'all want to end this and get me, get me off the pulpit and get me back to just letting God have his way, I would just invite you for the next few moments. And in, in however, if you've got to quote it verbatim or if you can paraphrase it, but would you just begin to bless the Lord and would you watch those cares? Would you watch those anxieties? Would you watch those doubts? Would you watch those hurts? Would you watch those fears begin to flee as you bless the Lord? Oh, my soul and all that is within you, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and don't forget one of his benefits. He is with you.